This is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra. And Kelsey. With Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. Our topic today is prana, our life force. This cosmic force is present in everything. It allows movement and function and is an important aspect of being human because it gives us life. Prana vitalizes every aspect of us and keeps us youthful as we age. When we're conscious of our prana, we cultivate it. Otherwise, we can squander it. In daily living, we expend prana as we take action, such as talking like we're doing now. But we also use it with our thinking and emotions. If we only expend prana and have no awareness of building it, then we burn ourselves out. It's great when our students notice that we maintain our energy even through a month-long teacher training. And those are times where we actively teach from 5 a.m. until after 7 p.m. six days a week. And they ask how we do it. And I remember I had that same question for you when I first met you. How do you not get burned out and exhausted? I would come and assist at your teacher trainings. That was pretty much my maximum, one month. Then I'd need to go home and rest and then come back again. It's amazing how things have changed and thank goodness they do because I don't miss those days of depletion. But I'll always remember your answer to my question. You said the difference between you and I is that I have learned to manage my energy and maximize the use of my prana and anyone can learn to do that. Many people today habituate too much thinking, especially about themselves, or they're worrying about the future, squandering their precious prana. Excess pitta dosha will promote this thinking, thinking, thinking. When prana is flowing in us, then we're clear and bright and we feel good and we're full of life. And we have resilience, endurance, and strength. And when we feel good, we have the courage and the confidence to step into our life and be real. And that feels great. Prana allows us to be creative and flexible. When it's flowing, we're innovative and we can easily stay in the solutions in life and persist through the challenges of life. That makes sense now why you've been so persistent with me regarding my posture and why it's an emphasis of ours with clients and students. Prana flows more easily when we're standing and sitting with good posture, the way the body's designed. And in order to have a good and natural posture, the prana flows. When we live in a way that supports this flow, we're strong and bright physically, and especially in the eyes. They'll sparkle. And the skin will glow and the aura is bright. And when a person draws your attention and you really aren't sure why, it's probably because their prana is glowing. And this is what happens when plenty of prana is flowing. (laughs) We're attracted to it because it brings light as opposed to darkness, which is what we all are at our essence. So when prana flows, sattva, balance and harmony, can grow in us. And as a result, we experience what's called sukha, which is sweetness. Suka is also the name of my male dog, and he is the epitome of sweetness. 
He definitely has a fitting name that matches his Vatakatha constitution. The practices of yoga are to move prana in a balanced way. So many people experience this after taking their first yoga asana class because they move energy where it wasn't moving before. And this is also when healing happens. And the practices of yoga include pranayama and meditation, as well as cultivating consciousness around our thinking. And that's actually one of the most important aspects. When the mind is allowed to just run wild, then healing is inhibited and our prana is depleted. And when prana is depleted, the mind is weak, and then we're prone to tamasic behaviors, such as quitting or giving up. I used to be tired all the time and napped daily to make up for it. I had a lot of difficulty focusing in life, and that took me out of alignment with my priorities. I was too busy being tired, sleeping, or trying to wake up from naps <laughs> and to accomplish anything that I really wanted to. When our prana is depleted, we have difficulty processing information, making decisions, and understanding ourselves or our life. And then it leads to hopelessness and feeling insecure and defensive. And this is called dukkha, or suffering, the opposite of sukha. The eyes and the skin and the aura will tend to become dull and heavy. Another behavior that reduces prana is not getting enough sleep. I've done this for many years. My mind entertains negativity more often when I'm tired, and this feeds a perception of stress, which depletes prana even more. It becomes almost impossible to feel satisfied with anything, and it's incredibly difficult then to practice samtosha, which is the yoga practice of contentment. Yeah, when I was in graduate school, I slept two and a half to three hours each night for two and a half years. Oh my goodness. I managed very well during that time, and I was quite proud of myself for it. But it caused significant negative effects later on as vata and pitta imbalance got worse. And it's so common today. Most people, and even children, don't get enough sleep. And it feeds the feelings of insecurity and anxiety and depression. You know, there are four pillars of health that are talked about in Ayurveda. And good quality sleep is one of those pillars. It's essential for balanced living, but mostly to feel good and be healthy. I used to push my body a lot, even when I felt exhausted. And I use that word specifically because that's how poorly I managed myself. I would push through just being tired or fatigued and still run or go to the gym or practice strenuous yoga asana to the point of exhaustion. And I thought that was healthy stress for my body and was proud that I could keep going through fatigue. And I was completely ignorant to the fact that I was depleting my prana and wearing myself out. I still need to check in with myself about this regularly to be sure I'm balancing being active with being restful. That is a typical pattern for excess vata, to push and push and keep going through exhaustion. You know, we lose our ability to discern when the dosha is imbalanced. And then the mind habituates this behavior of thinking I have to do more and more and more, and that's you know, what I need to do. And that's one of the beautiful things about the yoga asana. When it's practiced with a sattvic attitude and breath awareness, you'll feel relaxed and energized at the end. With the sattvic approach, you build your prana reserves. Prana is present in all aspects of life. 
in our food and our herbs as well as in our activities. At least we hope it is. Some things that we call food today have little to no prana. Most everything from a box, frozen, canned, doesn't have much, if any, prana left in it. Anything that we ingest or expose ourselves to has an effect on our prana. It either enhances it or it depletes it. So choosing food that's high in prana and utilizing herbs in a holistic manner is a great way to positively affect the flow of prana. Food that's sattvic, meaning it brings health and harmony. That's fresh and as close to its natural form as possible, and it will have prana. Look at a plant that's growing in the garden. Or if you're in an urban setting, close your eyes and imagine a garden. If the plant is well cared for with an appropriate amount of balanced nutrients-rich soil, sunlight, and water, then it will have abundant prana, and you'll, you'll know it when you taste it. The roots of the plant continue to feed the plant from the soil until it's picked. But after harvest, then the prana starts reducing. It's so nice to harvest from our own gardens daily and then go to the farmer's market as needed. The food has so much more prana, and as a result, we feel better after eating it. And it often seems convenient to only shop for food every week or more, but fresh food has so much more to offer the closer it is to the time of harvest. Yes, it's really great to do as much of that as you can, even if you live in the city. If you can have a little pot of something and that, you'll enjoy it when you do have it. So even though prana is highest in plants that are still in the ground, we can't access very much of it if we just pull it out and eat it raw. Most people don't have a strong enough agni to digest raw food. In other words, their digestive fire isn't going to be able to digest it fully. Human beings began lightly cooking food to make the prana and nutrients accessible. Cooked food supports our digestion, which supports a balanced agni, which feeds our ojas, which is our vitality and our immunity. So you see how it's all connected. There is more prana in raw food, but most people can't access it unless it's cooked, and there's still prana present. And that digestibility is really all that matters in terms of our health. I had to hear that several times to let go of the salad is healthy mentality that I was attached to. But as I did start to cut salad out, the raw foods, then the gas I was experiencing decreased. And that was motivation for me. I liked that result. Yeah. (laughs) In reality, the optimum amount of prana we can get from food is to harvest it, cook it, and then eat it right then. When cooked food sits around for hours and overnight, it loses prana quickly. There is more accessible prana in sattvic food and less in tamasic food. Things that are heavily refined or processed or something that's been packaged for a long time. In refrigeration, it might slow down the breakdown of prana, but it still loses prana and it dries out in the refrigerator. And then, of course, microwaving destroys the prana completely. We don't have a microwave at Halepule and have inspired several clients and students to get rid of theirs as well. Yeah, better to use this space for storage or something beautiful. 
As we mentioned, food should be consumed when cooked rather than stored for future meals. If you can only cook once each day, then making enough for two meals may be better than eating out. But making each meal fresh gives the best results in terms of our health and how we feel. So it's a good goal to have. In my book, Freedom in Your Relationship with Food, I suggested eating food within 24 hours. And this book was written for people to make the transition from mainstream eating. And it's an area that takes many people time to adjust. So I provided an interim step to what is ideal. So freshly cooked food has the most available prana, so you'll feel better after eating it. And as you commit to cooking fresh meals, you'll soon learn to cook the right amount for that meal. But if you do have any leftovers, give it to a neighbor or feed your compost. And give it to the neighbor right away. Don't wait. Overcooking or charring food also destroys the prana. And it may not seem like an issue when you're eating it, but it's how we feel afterward that's key here. Yeah, it's best to leave it out. We have so many better choices for food. Let's take a short break and when we return, talk more about prana in food, spices and herbs, and how to live in a way that maintains and enhances our prana. Far more than learning postures, Holly Pule's yoga teacher training will guide you to discover who you truly are. You live each day immersed in the teachings of authentic yoga and Ayurveda, unlocking the complementary nature of these sister sciences giving you a clear and natural perspective of true health. Whether you are inspired to teach or simply wish to expand your personal practices, the sattvic and sustainable approach you'll experience at Halepule will support you in a lifelong journey of joy and expansion. Visit halepule.com for details and how to apply. We're back. We've been discussing prana as it relates to food and how we feel. Connecting what we are doing with the results we get is key to making lasting change. But what if people don't notice feeling bad after eating a tamasic meal? For example, refined pasta with canned tomato sauce. I remember being so numb to how I really felt that it didn't click for a while. When we eat a a low prana diet, our baseline of wellness is actually quite low. So we're numb to experiencing the subtle energy, and prana is a subtle energy. People who eat leftovers regularly, for example, will notice a big difference when they stop doing that. As we make the change to freshly cooked food, the vitalizing nature of high prana food shows up in our vitality and our ability to experience all of the subtleties in life, as well as in the food. Prana-filled food tastes wonderful, especially when cooked with moderate amounts of good quality spices that are also high in prana. I actually saw a past client on one of the walking paths on Kalani this week, and her husband said they've tried several different diets and that cooking from the Ayurvedic cookbook, Simple Ayurvedic Recipes, and using those spices provided the most satisfaction for them. And it was fun to hear. But some students also recently mentioned that many people rely on excess rajasic tastes or tamasic commercial condiments to make food that has no life more enjoyable. For example, pouring salt and pepper on pasta. 
or hot sauce on frozen food that they've warmed up in the oven or microwave. The condiments themselves don't provide nourishment, and they often imbalance the dosha, and they definitely distort the taste buds. And then we keep looking for satiation in something that doesn't provide it. And satiation won't come from adding another sauce or chemical onto the food. But high prana food will provide some satisfaction. Many people think that it costs more to eat fresh and natural, but our experience has been different. It's much more cost-effective, we'll say, to buy and consume high prana food because the total cost is less. You won't need to spend money on the condiments, on supplements to get the nutrients that you are missing out on, or on doctor's bills. I think that's the biggest piece. Myra, we had a student write in a question on this topic. Is there still prana in non-organic options? Yes, there could be some if the food is fresh, but then the body and mind have to deal with the toxic chemicals. So you have to decide, is it worth it? And ask yourself the question, what level of well-being am I willing to strive for, or what am I willing to settle for? Mm. She also asked if the prana in the food or spice can increase if it's combined with certain spices. The example she shared was that some sources are saying that turmeric benefits increase when it's combined with black pepper. Well, the prana doesn't increase other than there is some in the black pepper itself, the idea that the benefit of turmeric increases with black pepper on its own is not necessarily correct. They're both heating, I can say that, and so if there's excess pitta, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but, uh, and people are having so much tendency to try to use one herb to solve a problem. So people have the idea that turmeric will will alleviate inflammation. The problem is too much of it will actually cause inflammation. So it's really great when you cook turmeric with many other things, and black pepper might be one of those, and it would depend on the individual. Combining herbs and spices to balance the elements that are present makes them more effective in general than having them alone. All for balancing the dosha, keeping that in mind. And a balanced combination could make the prana more accessible then. And we do have a separate episode focused on their use. But spices, as it relates to prana, should be used within six months, one year maximum, even if they look or smell like they're still good. You want to keep them out of the light and airtight containers because they'll lose prana quickly when exposed to the elements. We have spice kits available here that have fresh, prana-filled spices in seed or powder form, and they're in airtight, reusable tins. In the podcast on spices, we go over the qualities of many spices in our kit and how they affect the doshas. Using herbs is one of the methods of treatment to bring balance and spiritual growth in Ayurveda and yoga. The herbs are a way to balance the elements within us, and hence the doshas, since the doshas are made up of the elements. We connect with the prana of the plant, and it enhances our experience as a human being. My first experience with herbs was really profound. My digestion and elimination improved so much with triphala and some additional herbs for clearing toxins from my joints. It was amazing. 
I could hardly describe the boost in my overall well-being. And it wasn't until a number of years later that I would experience the profound effects of panchakarma and the use of herbs and oils to enhance the flow of prana. I will say that the most profound effect was on my mind. It was as if someone cleared the spiderwebs out of the whole space. Sourcing fresh herbs from companies with organic and sustainable practices will help ensure that there's prana present in them, whether they're spices or medicinal herbs. The sustainable aspect of this is so important these days, too, because there are many people purchasing these kinds of things, and they're, they used to be considered weird, all these herbs. Um, their availability is reducing rapidly these days in, in the wild. Uh, Benin Botanicals is a particularly good source for spices and herbs from sustainable sources. I blend our chorna, which is a formula of herbs, because we use them holistically, and so making a formula uh, ensures that we'll bring balance with the use of the herbs. And these chornas are used for medicinal purpose, purposes, with the highest quality, organic, sustainably grown and harvested fresh herbs. And just like spices, you want to keep the herbs out of the light and in airtight containers. And these same principles apply to aromatherapy oils as well. Mm. I use our aromatherapy blends several times daily and love that we get to share them with students at our events as well. They really do provide a burst of prana. I can feel it when I use them and visually see it in the faces of our students when they breathe them in. High prana food, spices, herbs, and aromatherapy oils all connect us to nature and to the God of our heart. And that's why we love them so much. Elixirs are something that we also offer our clients and students. The practice comes from Jyotish, Vedic astrology, to increase the prana associated with certain planets that are beneficial to our health and spiritual expansion. And the prana of a high quality precious stone, sunlight, and high vibration water create a powerful tool for healing. And we make these for the individual. To fully experience our prana, and the prana in everything that we've discussed, we need to keep our energetic channels clear. And these channels are blocked by negative thinking, self-judgment, greed, lust, too much heavy food, weak agni from poor thinking and actions, and any time we really go against our truth. So how do we clear the channels? with positive thinking and a balanced agni, becoming aware of ourselves as energy and working with our energy directly, clearing emotions, old feelings, and old patterns. We use the intuitive energy practice to become aware of our energy and to move out old patterns and fuel ourselves with the positive, life-giving energy. And then Dhinacharya, your daily routine, should provide a foundation for keeping prana flowing. We have another podcast called Agni, Dinacharya, and Beginning Meditation. It'll provide you with simple first steps to align your living with nature and then enhance your pranic flow. And you also might consider leaving the color black out of your wardrobe as it has more contracting qualities and that affects the flow of prana. And you can listen to our podcast on color to learn more. And as a result of everything we talked about today, 
Experience what it feels like to have prana flowing in you. Notice it. You might really like the results. If you continue to clear out the tamas and get prana flowing, you'll feel like a shining light, like a star, bright and clear and full of life. Our food and anything we consume and how we spend our time on the inside and the outside all has us interact with prana and cultivate it in our lives. I hope this inspires you to regard yourself in a new way. Keep the prana flowing in order to glow. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach for you, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at hollypule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join Simple Ayurvedic Cooking with Halepule. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.